what she was going to share, and uh, yeah, I am excited, Dee. <laughs> Would the children like to come out the front because I need your help? No, no, no bubbles today. Come and sit round. Come and sit round here. Hello. I know it's your birthday. I've got all sorts of things here. Can you remember, who can remember two weeks ago what Andrew was talking about, what we did in church? It was a family service, yeah. And what did we do? What did we do, Millie? Bubbles, didn't we? Do you remember we had bubbles because the, what Andrew had been talking about was that the people had been partying, celebrating... And they partied for, no, not quite, seven days. That's a big party, seven days. A whole week. Well, on the eighth day, something different happened. But I need three volunteers. Jack, I definitely need you. Millie? You. Actually, I need four. Sally, I need you. And... Okay. Talitha. Now, I've got to find all my things. Oh. What do we got first? All right. Let me stand up. Yeah, you all stand up because I'm going to need to talk to you. Come up here. Come up here. Now, first... Oh, um, thank you. Now, I'm not doing you first. You, you, you get to be third because yours is, you've got to be brave to be you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Millie, open that up and tell me, take it out. Take, no, yeah, take, take, oh, I've given you two bits, have I? Take the picture out. Now, can you tell me what's the picture of? It's a picture of very, very skinny children frowning. <laughs> She's right. Would you agree, kids? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a very skinny child. Do you think, are your legs that skinny? No. Just look. No, they're, they're pretty little, but they're not like this one. Do you think the, that child's hungry? Yes. Does it make you feel sorry for them? Thank you, Millie. Put that one down. Now, this one, I don't know what sort of reaction we're going to get with this one. Oh, yeah, I did need Hartley. Oh, you could take that out yourself. What's that a picture of, Talitha? Talara. Or Talara. Collingwood. Collingwood. How does that make you feel? Do you like Collingwood? No way, Jose. No way, Jose. <laughs> does Hartley like Collingwood? No. He doesn't? No. <laughs> There's some people that 
that would make feel, make them feel happy, that photo, wouldn't it? Yes. For some, it makes them feel very sad. But now our last one, thank you. Oh, now, Jack, you can see what's in this. Take the lid off. Come to the front. Come to the front. Tell it. No, yeah, take it off. I need someone. Come on, I need someone brave. Really brave to do this. Sue told me you'd do this because she said you'd cut them up at home for us. Now, I want you to put it up to your nose. Come on, right up to your nose. Yes. <laughs> Marnie. Right up to your nose. What's it do? Makes me nearly cry. That'll be my job later. Okay. Now, those things that the children looked at, some of them made them feel sad. Collingwood didn't make them feel happy. Might have made someone... Made you happy? Oh, good. And the onions made, made Hermione say it made her feel like crying. But, you know, on this eighth day, the people were all called together in a Big, big meeting, all the people. And some of them, when they came to the meeting, Sally, I've picked you because you've got bare arms. Put that next to your skin. Just wrap it around yourself. Now, how does that feel? Spiky. Spiky. Anything else? Uncomfortable. So the people that had all joined together, a lot of them were dressed in this sort of stuff that made them itchy and scratchy. And they'd put, do you know what soot is? Or ash? Yeah. Yep, ash. They'd put ash all over their faces. Do you want, do you, why do you think they would do that? They what? No, not quite. No. Hide, no, like camouflage. It's a good answer. Millie? Because they were upset. Good one, Millie. They were. In those days, because this is a long time ago when people were un wanted to show how sad they were. Besides crying, they got dressed in this itchy, itchy, when they wanted to say they were sorry, itchy stuff and put all black on their faces to show they were sad. And they cried as well. So the people came to this meeting 
all dressed like that. And the leaders of the church, like Andrew, they brought out a big book. Oh, where's my big book? Run away. <coughs> brought out a big book. Can you see what, the, what does that say? Law. Now, back in those days, they didn't have the Bible because it hadn't been written yet, like us. But what they did have was the beginning of the Bible and the Ten Commandments. Can any of you remember how you've been taught about Ten Commandments? Okay. Well, the leaders read them, the Ten Commandments, and I want to see how clever you are. Now, I've got the answers, so I'm lucky. If you know one or two of them, put up your hand. Okay, can you think of one? Jack. Don't steal. Don't steal. Good one. Debbie? Don't commit adultery. Number two. Good one. Do you know one? Don't rob. Don't steal. Good. Don't misuse God's name. Good. And that's three. Anyone else know any more? Don't murder. Obey your mother and father. Obey your mother and father. That's five. Five more. Do we know any more? Any more? Millie? Don't lie. We did. No, six. Yeah, but it's, it's said in a different way, Nicola. Nicola just said, don't be jealous. But I'm going to put that as, that's it. Yeah, don't want what other people have got. You can, you can like it and want to share it and want it, but it, if you want it too much, it's not good. How many am I up to? Seven? Three more. What, I'll give you a clue for you others. What day is it today? No, no, no. What day is it? Remember the Sabbath. Eight. Rest on Sunday, I think. Don't have any idols. And do you know what? I reckon you've forgotten the very most important one. Yeah, we've had, don't we, Shabalas? Do you know, Lucy? What's right at the very beginning? you worship God? That's it. There's only one God. You should worship him. Is that right? I think we're to 10, aren't we? Well done, kids. Very well done. Now, up the back, I've put for you older ones a word search. You can do that while I talk to the adults, okay? Off you go. Back to your seats. <laughs> oh. Okay, now I've got to try and find where I am. You guys going to put up the first one for me? So I've titled to today's sermon, Come and See What the Lord Has Done. And going on from what the kids, we were talking about with the kids, let's read uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, 1 to something. 
Just wait till I work out. Do I just press it? Wonderful. Now, I think I've got the same thing. Yep. So, if you've got your Bibles, pull them out. Nehemiah 9, 1 to 6. On October... Oh, it's got on October 31st. Mine says October 10. Isn't that funny? Okay. On October 31, the people assembled again. This is the eighth day. And this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read aloud to them. Then for three more hours they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord their God. The Levites, now listen to this lot. Jeshua, Barnai, Kadmiel, Shebanana, Banani, Shirabayabani, Akanani. I just figured if I said them fast, that was the way to go. Stood on the stairway of the Levites and cried out to the Lord their God with loud voices. Then the leaders of the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashnabah, Sherebiah, Hodeah, Shabani and Pethani called out to the people, Stand up and praise the Lord your God for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed. May your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all. And the angels of heaven worship you. So the people, for seven days during their their party, they'd been hearing the word of God as well. I'm imagining, after what Andrew said, that it was like Hillsong in a way. Because they're hearing the word of God, they're, they're eating together and partying and having meals. So... I'm imagining it's just like that maybe, that you wouldn't be listening to the word of God all the way through. But as they listened for seven days, that word cut into them deeply. They heard it deeply in their hearts. From listening for so long, their hearts were open, their minds were open. And there was conviction in their heart. And... As we saw with the kids, they came to that final meeting dressed in mourning because the word of God had convicted them. And the word of God, that's what I wanted, our first point this morning is, that the word of God, it speaks to us. As the Bible says, not that one, if you do it the right way, you'd be right. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thought and attitude of the heart. The word of God, as we take it in, as we read it, listen to it, let it soak deeply in. 
it does something to us. It might convict, it might encourage, it teaches, but it speaks to us where we're at. I bet every one of us at some time, as we've read the word, it's spoken to us personally. As I think back, so many times that we've, I've had that ream of word, it's just spoken to me, really got into me. But for the word to be able to speak to us, we have to be reading it. And I don't know, but I feel probably I'm not the only one. I've had a real struggle in the last few months reading my Bible. Just seemed a bit, I don't know, dead. Now, and I know it shouldn't be like that, so the problem's with me, but sometimes it's, it is hard for all of us. We have different seasons in our lives when things are difficult. And the only answer is, is to ask God to refresh us, to, to bless us, to give us that hunger more and more for his word. Because that word will make a whole difference to your lives. Do you know, Billy Graham, in the latter days of his life, not that long ago, someone said to him, Billy, if you had your time over, what would you do different? Would you do anything different? And Billy Graham said, yes, I would. He said, all these teaching Christian books, they're great, but I would read my Bible more. And to me... Wow, if Billy Graham would say this, this great evangelist, what does it say to me? If he would say that that's what he would do. And so I encourage you all, read the word. The next thing the people did, they'd heard that word and in that first three hours on the eighth day, they were asked to stand and they were dressed in their mourning and again for three hours the book of the law was read to them. Now can you imagine Andrew calling us up and saying, right, stand up and if he read from the Bible to th for three hours to you, do you reckon you could, you could, you would you sit there and listen or stand there and listen? I bet some of you'd need to sit down. <gasps> How would you feel, Andrew? Speechless. No, you're not speechless. You're reading the word. Then the leaders, after that three hours of reading the word, they got up and they said, Now, confess your sin and praise the Lord. So it went from reading the word, being convicted, having God speak to them, to confession. And I really believe we do need to confess our sin. Yes, God has forgiven us as far as the east is from the west and he remembers our sin no more, but we confess for our own benefit. It's only as we speak it out, whether it's to someone else or to God himself, Jesus, that we actually speak it out, hear it and acknowledge it. And if we don't acknowledge our sin, well, then it's still there. We need to speak it out, even if it's in our prayer closet or wherever, to speak it out, to let God deal with it. And it's not only in our sin. 
it's sometimes you can have great heavy problems upon you. And it's only when you really speak it out sometimes that you realise what the problem is. A few, oh, only a few weeks ago, I was in tears here. And it wasn't till the girls were talking to me that I began to realise what was upsetting me. And I'd been upset for, a, oh, I'd felt not good for quite a few months. And after they talked to me, they prayed for me. But I went down to the lake and I just sat with God. And I, because speaking it out to the girls, I realised now what the problem was. And I sat down and talked to God. And I said, what do I do? In four simple words, he told me exactly what the problem was. And I certainly wouldn't have thought of it without him. You know what he said to me? Stop playing God. In other words, stop trying to be God. Now, to me, in this problem, it answered every question I had on this problem because, and the weight just fell off. The problem's still there. It hasn't gone, but it does not worry me anymore because God spoke to me. And if I hadn't, in the end, cried, broken down, confessed what the problem was, I would still be carrying it. It's because they helped me and prayed for me and I could then go to God and say, here it is, because I'd been trying to work it out and I didn't know what was up and what to do, but he told me. So we need to confess, confess our sin, confess our problems, confess where we are with God so that he can help us. And I have to say, that problem keeps cropping up every now and again. But I don't have that heaviness anymore. I've stopped playing God and I just do the little bit I can and the rest's in his hands. But how fortunate we are, the Bible says if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all wickedness. The people back then, they didn't have Jesus. The Messiah hadn't come. They only had the book of the law. Yes, they confessed their sins and then they had to sacrifice over and over and over. How, how blessed we are that Jesus has promised that when we confess our sin, when we talk to him, he forgives us. It's gone. We are clean within him. To me, that was the second point, so important. Read the word. Let it get into you. Confess your sin. The next thing the leaders of the church said to the people to do was remember and praise. Shouldn't have put that on yet. I don't want you reading it. <laughs> Chapter 9 goes on to say that the leaders then reminded, all the way through, reminded the people of all that God had done in their lives. It talked about God's promise to Abraham that he would have more descendants of, than all the stars in the sky. It reminded them of their slavery in Egypt and how he had brought them out, how they crossed the Red Sea and their enemy was annihilated. 
they reminded them of their rebellion. How in the desert, they, when Moses had gone up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, they built the golden calf and worshipped it. They remembered how God disciplined them and how he took them back again. They remembered the manner he, that they were fed from heaven, the water from rock, the miracles that God had done for them, shoes that didn't wear out in 40 years. I wish I had those shoes. They remembered, and then again, they remembered that they would not go into the promised land. They were frightened, and how once again they were disciplined. These people's parents had not gone into the promised land because they had disobeyed God. Then they remembered that those, their generation that went into the promised land, God gave them the cities in the land, gave them animals, children. They multiplied and had so much. And then they remembered that now they were captives in their own land. That's where they were now, captives in their own land. They remembered. So in all this remembering, now we'll go to here, they remembered all the blessings God had done and they remembered where they had disobeyed God. And as I thought about this, I thought, yeah, if you're in mourning perhaps or ask God about a problem and you're feeling way down there, What's a way to bring you back into praise with God? And it's remembering. Each one of us has had times, I feel sure, when God has blessed us individually, abundantly. I mean, just what I was talking about before with God taking that burden. What a blessing to remember that he had done that. I've got so many stories of how God has broken into my life and done things for me. And as you think of them, your heart can't help but rise up and praise him. Whether you're remembering how he has forgiven your sin, whether you're remembering all the specific things he has done for you, remembering has to bring you into praise. Looking out. The window, I love gum trees. And just looking out at God's creation, all he has done. It brings us into blessings and praise and thanksgiving. And my favourite verse that I've said to you before and I'm still not doing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. When I say I'm still not doing, I am trying, but I keep failing and I think I'll fail for the rest of my life. But I know that as we give thanks to God in everything, praise rises, problems are overcome. I know at work I was having a bit of problem with someone and I thought, right, you said God, praise you for everything and I started praising God for that person and praying for them. And things resolved that day immediately, basically. Just something happened in both of us. God can work miracles through praise. So what have we got? We've got listen, confess, repent. And then the people did one more thing. In chapter 10, 
All of that went on for another three hours. So we've had six hours basically of confession, praise, worship, all of this. Then the people did something. They acted. Quite often we can do all this. We can confess our sin. We can praise God. But if we don't act, then we're missing a vital part. The people, in this case, repented. Now, repented just doesn't mean saying sorry. It means having a change of mind, of heart, of turning around, going a different direction. And that's what they did. They once again, and I've got to admit, when I read this, I thought, wow, that was stupid. But they once again made a covenant with God that they would keep all his laws. Why I say I thought that was stupid was I thought, there's no way any of us can keep all the laws. But we know that and that's why God gave us the law. So that we would trust in Jesus for his forgiveness. But they acted. And in all of it, quite often, if we've done something wrong, remember Zacchaeus. He'd been a thief all his life as a tax collector. But when Jesus came to his house... He had a change of life. He turned around and he said to Jesus, I will pay back all I have stolen. And I, don't, I can't remember if it was double fold, treble fold or something like that. He acted. And we need to act too, whether it's in something we've done wrong or we might have had a great word of encouragement from the Bible. But sometimes in that encouragement, we have to do something. We might have to let go of something. Or go and make a phone call and encourage someone. Or just, you know what I mean, just act. We need to act as well as, as, as saying we're sorry and all of that. So we've got that there. I should have put it up. Repentance is turning away, changing your mind, resulting in a change of actions. So I'm going to finish... It was a very short sermon because I don't, didn't know how long the kiddies would take. But first, remember the word of God. Read it daily, even if it's difficult. And if you're finding it difficult, come out for prayer. And I'm going to do that myself today. I'm going to ask Andrew to pray for me so I don't find it difficult anymore. Confess. If God convicts you, confess your sin. If you need to talk to others, find someone you trust. Confess. Let it move in your heart. Then remember all God's blessings and praise him. Give him the praise that he is due because we have a God that is so amazing, so fantastic. And then if he's telling you to act, act. Don't be like the Israelites who turned the other way and when they were told to go into the promised land, they didn't act, they were frightened and didn't do it. If God tells you to do something, get out and do it and you'll find that you can do it and it's great. I think if you walk with God and he's telling you to do something, usually it can be the most exciting things in your life to do what he tells you. You don't know what you'll do next. So, and just bless you all and I'd just like to finish with a prayer Father I thank you I thank you for your word I thank you Lord that it does convict 
that it brings us to you, whether in joy and gladness or in sorrow, and then remembering your blessings to us, how you treat us individually, that we can bring it back to you in praise and joy and love. Help us, Lord, to act as you want us to act. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's ask if the band had come. And just before I do, just as Dee was sharing, just talking about, said they were, they were captives in their own land. And... Just to, to think back for a moment, I don't think we have any idea what it means to be a captive. I don't think any of us, or I know we have had some here that have been through detention centres in different places, but what it is to be a captive, to be a captive within a foreign land. And just as Dee said that, I just thought, wow, I think, you know what, we can be captives in our own land. We can be captives in, in, in the place that we always thought would be great. We can, we can try and live a lifestyle, we can try and get things and and we, we get the land we want to live in, we're actually still a captive there. Israel had gone back to the land where they were, the land they were given, they had the temple rebuilt, they had the walls rebuilt, things were going well, but they were still captives of a, of a foreign king. And even though we might be Christians, we can be captives in our own land, we can be captive in our thinking, even though we know we're saved, we're going to heaven, we can live as captives in our own land. And this morning... I really want to pray for anyone this morning who, who just feels like a captive. Maybe you're a captive of the lifestyle that you've always thought would bring you hope and life. Or maybe you're a captive in that you're a Christian, but you're still not living in the freedom that God has for you. I just ask if we can stand this morning. Can we stand, please?